Okay, here it is. Fuck, Mary, kill. Who's Mary? The, the creature from the Black Lagoon, the fish monster from Shape of Water, or Abe Sapien from Hellboy. Go, Mark. Are we doing this from the standpoint that I am me and not some you are you. damsel in distress? You are you. Oh, Christ. You're going to have to fuck a fish monster, you're going to have to marry a fish monster, and you're going to have to kill a fish monster. Okay. I think I've got it figured out. Sorry, creature from the Black Lagoon. You were just a too, you're, you're a little too savage. So you're going to die. Wow. Goodbye. Um, now, I think I'm going to have sex with the man fish from Shape of Water because that lady looked like she had a real good time. <laughs> I don't know what he has to offer exactly, but um, she, didn't she go live with him in the sea or something like that? I never saw that movie. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, he sure. seems like a gentle lover. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to marry Abe Sapien because he speaks English and he seems like he's got a lot to say. Okay. So I think the domestic life with Abe Sapien would be pretty good. Okay. All right. I hear you. John? Um, I'm going to go and marry Abe Sapien because, yeah, he's intelligent. So <laughs> and he speaks English. That helps. Uh, probably fuck the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> I got to tell you, as we see from these movies, he is DTF. Yup. Uh, Seems a little rowdy. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that means kill the creature from the other movie that I don't Shape remember. Of Shape of Water. Yeah. So you got to watch that one. It was good. I want to, but. Mm. It's a good film. Yeah. So, well, he's dead now. So, because I killed him. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to switch it up. All right. So I'm going to marry the creature from the Shape of Water. Okay. Because as Mark said, seems like a very caring partner, you know, seems a legit, like, you know, get into those emotions. I'm going to kill the creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm going to fuck the shit out of Aid Sapien. All right. Because A, he is intelligent. You can communicate with him. You can have some fun fish times. Okay. With that man right there. Like you try to convince the shape of water thing to put this ball gag in its mouth. No, it's not going to happen. You know, Abe, he seems down. So he's read the Kama Sutra. That man's, <laughs> that man's a bookworm. Okay. It seems like there's a path where we don't have to kill any of them if we all three got involved. <laughs> you're, saying, you're saying we share these fish monsters. This is about to become a really weird group thing, okay? Yeah, it's like a TL, or, yeah, TLC show or something. All right, that's yeah. it. Take your shirts off, boys. <laughs> what is it? Swapping, wives swapping wives but with, swap, with yeah. the merman. Swap with the merman. Merman. Merman, Mark. This fall on TLC. Oh, boy. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how we doing? Good, as usual. Actually, you know, I'm doing shitty. Wait, prove it. I can't, because I'm actually doing all right. Oh, I just wanted liar. to mix it up, man. Way to call me out there. Fucking theater of the there. mind, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back to an episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. This is Garrett. I'm here with Mark and John. How are you guys doing? We already did that. Oh. Some deja vu shit going on here. Oh. Glitch of the Matrix. John, do you want to ask us the same thing? No. Oh, man, you fucked it up. We could have done it. Like, Welcome so back much, to the-, so much the, the group thing that we were talking about. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm still a little shook by you our know, opening. So. Uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, not on my Mark, A-game. Mark, you kind of you you broke me with your whole, like, I think you'd be a caring lover. <laughs> like, I like the fact that you like it like, you know, romance gentle. novel yeah. gentle. I can't say it never crossed my mind before. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I haven't thought about fucking a fish, you guys. Straight up, let's go. Well, what have you guys been up to since last time? Any movies you'd like to recommend or any news you'd like to bring up? 
Um, well, we saw Godzilla. That's right. Me being Mark and I. Ooh, uh, speaking of things from the sea, oh. Godzilla, King of Monsters. He's a little too big to marry, fuck, or kill, though. Hey, you know what? We're not going to Not gonna if you believe in anybody. Yourself. Well, maybe if we got that machine that can communicate, then maybe we could make a go of it. Wait, do they have a machine that communicates with Godzilla in this movie? Yeah, Vera yeah. Farmiga from the Conjuring universe. Oh, boy. Plays Lorraine uh, Warren. She creates a box that allows her to communicate with giant monsters. Communicate's a strong word. It's a Influence. very primitive device. Yeah, you can't like type in like, hi, Godzilla, how are you doing? And it translates to Godzilla-ease, because that I, would be gangster. I expected them to do that, but I we also, never got there. No. no, it's basically a machine that can either provoke or calm. Like that was the level of two use settings, for the whole yeah. machine <laughs> was like, piss the thing off. Or make it cool. It's a black cat and a Snickers bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Got to say, we got a lot more monster screen. Yeah, that part uh, was awesome. On screen, which was great. Uh, we still had far too much human out of, going out on. Out of 100% movie percentage, what is monster fights? 40? I was thinking 42. 40, That's what popped into my mind. Yeah, 40, yeah. 45%. Um, but the humans are still just so... Stoic and serious and everything they do seems pointless and convoluted. I wonder if it's because these are like American filmmakers and it's really hard, I think, for American filmmakers to be like, nothing Americans do has an impact. They always try to make it feel like something the humans are doing is going to influence Godzilla or whatever, but I think Godzilla and uh, other titans or creatures are beyond our ability to influence. It's like an ant, you know, fucking influencing us. Like, we're, we're a mild nuisance at best, but because it's so important for humans to be the story drivers, they keep trying to shoehorn that in I there. I think that's just I think that's just script writing plot one oh one. It's just like you have to have something that people can relate to or understand, or else you just feel like you're you're watching a documentary. That's why sure, um, they want you to be invested, and it's usually through the human character. That's why Discovery right. Channel did like that Meerkat Manor show where like you basically like watch just meerkats live their like day to day life, but they fucking added that stupid like Papa's home from the store. <laughs> He's going to go inside and play with little Ricky, and you're like, we don't need this humanization of anything. Like, right. just give us the. But again, you most people can't relate. But to the that. story could be just surviving these forces of nature. Right? Like, it doesn't that's have... That's real dark, though. <laughs> I well, agree we, with you. That'd be cool, but that's real dark. So one of the things this movie does is they immediately take the plot of movie one where, or, you know, the, the plot line where it's like the military is trying to destroy the, the Godzilla monster, yeah. and they do it again. Right. There's even one scene where it's like, oh, this time we're going to fight with him, and then they all just immediately get destroyed, which was worth watching. Yeah, the but. military, the same general from movie one, like, phones in to our uh, monarch station and is like, hey, we just shot an oxygen missile it's going to kill everything in two miles. You better get the fuck out because we're, we're going to be done with this right now. Yeah. And they end up wiping Godzilla out, but it has no effect on the three-headed monster King Ghidra, um, also known as Monster Zero. Because G- Ghidra or Ghidorah? Ghidorah. I see. Okay. Yeah. It's pre- I've seen it pronounced both. Okay. Ways, sorry. I just didn't yeah, know. It's the same one. Um, he's from space, which is great because that's oh. how he was in the yeah, in I the didn't originals. know that. Okay. Interesting. Um, so he he withstands the, the missile and Godzilla sinks to the bottom of the ocean. It's like... Oops, we fucked up the wrong one. Yeah. And then the whole plot becomes like they got to go down to this ancient city under the sea where he's trying to reach you. Under the sea. Under the sea. It was cool looking. It's basically Atlantis. Yeah. And he's like, there, there's murals on the wall of everybody worshiping Godzilla down there. He has like little cave home. So and, and Atlantis is clearly basically like they, they were involved in this shit. Yeah, they were. Now, is there a story the, where they the actually explain that Atlantis sunk because of monsters? No, they never actually talked no. about it. Oh, come on, wasted opportunity. But they set off a new nuclear bomb next to Godzilla to recharge him. 
That's fair. Yeah, and then and then completely destroy all the amazing archaeology <laughs> that's in, you know, just yeah, found. would that suck to find Atlantis and like, well, we got to blow it up, yeah. boys. Yeah. But ultimately, again, like the monster scenes are pretty dang good. Yes. Um, they do rely a little too heavily on the watching the people run away from the destruction rather than focusing on the monsters. You know, they use them as backdrops yeah. a yeah. little too much. It's not as bad as the first one, but they still do it. I just wanted like a full uncut five minute fight. Yeah. And we didn't quite get that. They have a good, they, at least they do a lot better than the first one where you heat, like the, the monster action starts and they cut away. At least that does not at all happen in this movie. Right. Which is like, weird because like, if you think about like, as someone who is a big comic nerd, <laughs> Mark, no, I mean me, um, like there's plenty of panels where we just watch people fight. And sometimes there's conversations and there's a story development, but sometimes you just want to like, just enjoy the beauty of like this drawn, like action sequence. Mm-hmm. And we get that in the, the MCU movies also, you know, we get a lot of just like, let's just watch this beautiful, like little choreographed yeah. fight scene play out. Why couldn't we have that with monsters? I think that the issue may be that a lot of these Hollywood uh, producers don't think that coming at this as the normal monster movie formula, but they come at it as a, uh, uh, you know, the as a independence, flick? yeah, the disaster independence okay. day type style movie. Right. And that's the angle they're going with. But you know, us Godzilla fans, Godzilla's like 80, 60 years old now, you know, it's, it, we know what it is. We know what to expect. Yeah. Shoot it like a monster movie, a giant kaiju monster movie. But again, like I said, I think it's worth your time. I would re- maybe recommend watching it at home where you can fold your laundry during the more tedious human scenes. Do you think you'd lose anything by not seeing it on the big screen? That is pretty cool. Like it, yeah. when Rodan exploded out of the volcano and had the fight with the F-14s, I was like, that was dope as shit. That was badass. One of my favorite mm. scenes. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's something to be gained there. Just know you're going in and you're going to have to deal with a lot of the slower bits that you can't really, I guess you could zone out and take a nap. But. Is there a lot of like, like the little kid, what's, what's her name from Stranger Things? Mia or Mila. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Eleven. Is, Eleven yeah. from is Stranger Eleven, Things. Is there a lot of like, guys, I know what to do and no one listens to her or is no. this a lot of like, I gotta find my father there's a lot of nonsensical things where she gets to wander off and do whatever she wants and somehow can do it and not die yeah without a lot of adult supervision it was all right that was like the she didn't really bother me as a character Millie bobby brown that's okay. her. yes yeah. uh i think as far as like you know kid actresses go she did a fine job i think it was just the story part the human story part was just boring okay gotcha all right well i'll go check it out because that actually sounds but it is worth watching i'm with mark despite hammering on how bad the human part is it was a significant step up since i just don't think we're gonna be able to get away from that i think we're gonna be stuck with that kind of stuff for a big budget like summer movie because i mean it's got to be it can't just be like here's for you horror fans this is going to be a we're trying to appeal to everybody well where i walked out of 2014 godzilla absolutely pissed and angry as a godzilla fan i didn't feel that way walking out of this one so it was a big jump was it that a robocop that you fell asleep in Robocop. Okay. That one's just the boring turd. Oh, Robocop. What a piece Godzilla of Godzilla 2014 was infuriating. Yeah. But I don't know if I would put this one above Skull Island. I fucking love Skull Island. Yeah. Anyway, that's the topic for another time. Yeah. Possibly whenever we get next year's King Kong versus Godzilla. No. Yeah. Still coming around. On. I'm so thrilled that it's only one year away. In my mind, for whatever reason, 2020 still feels like fucking forever. Is there in a the post credit scene that teases that? No. The uh, kinda so cover your ears if you don't want to know it. It really doesn't do much. He covered his ears. He doesn't want not to know. you, Garrett. I'm talking about the audience. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert: uh, Godzilla kills King Ghidorah and rips the heads off. <gasps> he and does show up in this movie. Godzilla. 
Oh, what did you think I said? King Kong. King Kong. No, no, he does. He so they have this big map where they're tracking all of uh, the monsters, and you see King Kong way off in the Pacific, just slowly making his way there, yeah. and he never shows up. And at the end of the film, they say all the monsters are being drawn to Skull Island for some reason, like in a newspaper headline. Yeah. Like that was all we got. Uh, but Tywin Lannister. Sorry, I don't remember the guy's name. The guy who plays Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones is the, one of the bad guys in this film. He has gotten one of the heads of King Ghidorah. Oh. And that's what it reveals. Like, he has the head. Now, yeah. what is he going to do with it? We don't know. Clone, possibly. I'm hoping maybe they use the DNA to create Mecha Godzilla or something like that. My guess is they somehow improve him, and then King Kong and Godzilla obviously have to team up to fight Of course, new. because you, it's going to be a Freddy versus Jason exactly. bullshit. All It's like, we want to kill each other, but you know what? We got to keep it fair, and it's better if we just have to fucking team up against something else. Man, fuck movie writers. That's exactly that's what's unfortunately gonna what's going to happen. Yeah. It's so right there in I'm our I'm just kidding, movie writers. Keep it going. <laughs> Love your films. Anywho... We're not here to talk about Godzilla all day. We're here to talk about sexy fish people. Mm-hmm. Angry fish people. <laughs> you know, he is angry, but he has every fucking right to be angry. This is true. I actually, okay, well, let's talk about the movie name first. Right, we're throwing it all the way back to 1954, probably the oldest movie we've done yet. I would think so, yeah. It was before color was invented. No. The world was still in black and white back then, fellas. There was already color films. No. Okay. <laughs> That's a joke. So this one... Mark's taking his fucking stand-up back on tour. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Burp, burp, burp. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon from 1954. This one was directed by Jack Arnold. He also did the sequel. Very well known in the TV movie biz. Um, other things of note, The Incredible Shrinking Man in 1957. I think that one's really good. If you mm-hmm. guys haven't seen it, just check it one. out. Yep. And I don't know if Garrett knows this, but possibly one of his favorite things ever made, The Chicken of Tomorrow. He did that short? He directed Chicken of Tomorrow. The Chicken of Tomorrow short <laughs> yes. from Mystery Science Theater fame? You got it. Holy shit. Wow. That man was versatile. <laughs> Go to YouTube, look up MST3K Chicken of Tomorrow, and it's some of the best 15 minutes ever committed to film. It is probably one of their best shorts they've ever done. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. Thought that was interesting. So in this one, we have Richard Carlson as David Reed, Julie Adams as Kay Lawrence, Richard Denning as Mark Williams, Antonio Moreno as Carl Maya, Nestor Pava as Lucas, Witt Bezel as Dr. Thompson, and the Gill Man was played by two actors, one for the underwater scenes, uh, Rico Browning, and he did that in all three films. Did you know there was a third? Uh, only because you told me. Yeah. And Ben Chapman, he uh, was only in this one and he did all the above water scenes. Mm. Huh. Did you watch or read about the third one? It sounds awful. Yes, and I watched the trailer and I confirmed it looked awful. Oh, I did not know there was a third one. I know there's the Creature from Lacoon, Return of the Creature. Revenge. And the creature walks among us. And they turn him into a, essentially oh. a human. So basically they capture him and he gets burned in the process. He melts his scales and looks completely different, but more human. Yeah. And now he's just like wearing a shirt and pants. And he can are, be above water. Yeah. And his pants are, his, his clothing are comically large. <laughs> yeah. It looks like he's wearing a fat suit. And the wow. thing Played about by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> right. right. The thing about the creature movies is I don't think that he's the bad guy in any of his films. He absolutely is. Humans not. are the bad guy. We stomp around in his home. We try to capture him apparently twice. This guy just wants to be the last he just he just wants to fuck and he's the last of his species and we are really just ruining his days. That's exactly right. Wow. <laughs> Do you think this movie is an allegory for causing animals to go extinct? 
Um, I don't think they did that in 1954 yet, so no. But looking at it through 2019 eyes, absolutely. (laughs) So here's what the back of the laser disc has to say about this one. Here's what the back of the photograph has to say. (laughs) Thrills and chills coming to your matinee screens near you. In this trend-setting classic... (laughs) I'm sorry, that just sunk in. God damn it, Mark. Go ahead. In this trend-setting classic, a scientific expedition adventures into the upper reaches of the Amazon and discovers a gill man, a living amphibious missing link. The scientists drug and capture the creature who becomes enamored with the head scientist's female assistant, Julia Adams. But the lonely creature escapes and kidnaps the object of his affection while she swims seductively in his watery home. The chief scientist, Richard Carlson, launches a crusade to retrieve his assistant and cast the creature back to the black depths from which he came. Well acted and directed, and with Bud Westmore's brilliantly designed monster, Creature from the Black Lagoon is an enduring tribute to the imaginative genius of its Hollywood creators. Before we go any further, I need to address what this just said. The design of the monster? Yes. Yeah. He did not design it. No. He completely ripped off... Uh, and uh, overshadowed the woman who actually designed the creature from Black Lagoon costume. Wait, say what now? Uh, Bud took all the credit for something he didn't do for decades. Yeah, up until very recently. What? Melissant Patrick. The designer of the approved Gilman was Disney animator Melissant Patrick, though her role was deliberately downplayed by makeup artist Bud Westmore, who for half a century would receive sole credit for the creature's conception. Oh, that is so fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So even at the time of this laser disc printing, that facade was still going on. Crazy. Wow. Um, how did they bust this one out of the water? Um, there's some article. There's like pictures of her with the costume and, and other things like that. But, you know, in a male chauvinist, you know, 1950s, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff was what still do you mean, going in on. A male sh- that shit's still going uh, on. I know, yeah. Yeah. But even more so. Right. Yeah. Um, so that is, did that inhibit her career that like she like. Well, she like she, she clearly made it to Disney. I right. mean, she was a very uh, you know successful in her, in her craft. It's just unfortunate. I don't know how much more that impacted her overall. I wonder. God, that is sickening. Like she was fired. So she headlined a tour and promotion of the creature from the Black Lagoon titled "The Beauty Who Created the Beast." But on her return, she was fired by Bud Westmore, who was noted as objecting to a woman's being credited with the work on the costume. Holy wow, shit, Bud Westmore, you piece of fucking garbage. Fired by the man who stole all the credit. Yeah. That is just salt in the wound. Wow. That's salt water in the wound. Well, we're giving you props here on the Grave Talk. Good job. Yes. Melissa Patrick. Because the costume. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. And the costume's great. The, okay. I have I have the note written like five different times in my notes. Like, this costume holds up. There are the costumes nowadays that don't look as good as this. This is one of the best costumes ever produced by Hollywood. Fucking amazing costume. Like, I've got all these notes. Like, the hand that comes out of the water, 80% of the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. He really loves movie to touch just, the ground. Let me just yeah. go ahead and, ooh, dirt. But um, you get to hear that awesome horn thing every time. Every 30 seconds. But. Yes, that costume is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Is that the same costume they used in um, uh, the Monsters? Monster Squad? No, that was a redesign. That, okay, one, was, a redesign. that was a little more uh, ferocious. They did a really good job in that one, too. But in the classic sitcom hit, The Monsters, yes. Uncle Gilbert. 
Is it the same? Is the Gill Man? Okay, yes. I was wondering. Same I was like, costume. it looks so familiar. So I was really happy. I was like, oh yeah, I remember Uncle Gilbert. That was fucking cool. <laughs> um, I love the monsters. Watch that shit all the time. Uh, this one, Creature from the Black Lagoon, is sitting at an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 32, and 73% audience score out of 23,540. Um, so, what do you guys think about Creature in the Black Lagoon when considering all of the Marvel, uh, I'm sorry, Marvel, uh, Universal classic monsters as a whole? Like, where does it kind of sit with you guys? The movie or the, the... I think more in terms of, like, the creature and the overall, like, where do you rank it in the pantheon of films? Ooh, so we got Werewolf, we got the Wolfman, we mummy. got Dracula, we got the Mummy, we got Frankenstein, we got uh, the Man. Creature, the Invisible, Invisible Man. Man. I think that's kind of it, yeah, right? Hunchback. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Really? Okay. I think that counts, but it's... Uh, we'll count. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I'll count that before I count Hunchback. All right. Yeah, I think, the, pan- I think the, the, the standard pantheon is those five, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those five. Um, you guys know I have a werewolf bias, so I, I want to put Wolfman above it because I feel like that, that concept and that story and that just that like idea is way more interesting to me. I still think Frankenstein is probably a better story. Hmm. Uh, I would put it up there as far as like the, the creature looks fucking awesome. He's very one note to me. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to the creature other than like, I want to get it wet. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, the sequels kind of show they didn't know what else to do with them either. Oh, yeah. Revenge of the Creature is kind of a rehash. It's just the, the same plot one. somewhere else. Except it does have uh, Clint Eastwood in it. It does. That's yes. probably its biggest note to f- notoriety fame is <laughs> yeah. like, oh, guess who's in this? It's his first movie ever. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Movie. Yeah. I think. <sighs> I mean, I feel like the other ones are very traditionally monsters. Well, I guess for, except for Frankenstein's monster and uh, fucking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So, huh, I don't know. The problem is, is they're all great. Yeah. That's you know what it. I mean? They're, it's like, yeah. They all have their own unique perspective and take on the characters. This is a real right. Sophie's Choice here, is what I'm telling <laughs> you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think you know what a Sophie's Choice is. <laughs> We're going to bring that up every episode now. That's but, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's hard to compare and it's hard to say. I would say from a movie perspective, I would say the Creature from the Black Lagoon movie probably holds up better than most of the other ones. Yeah. I, think I would rather watch Creature than I would rather than, um, than watch The Wolfman. Yeah. But I'd rather watch Frankenstein more than... Um, creature i agree with you i man i don't i think i might and put dracula in, can go fuck himself yeah, dracula, vampires can just go fuck themselves i always like think like man i should go back and watch like those 40s dracula's movies but they're just boring oh. i like they're just whoo talk about a slow burn and like the one like the climax like he turns into a fucking bat it's like i'm sure that was <laughs> really impressive in 1942 so but it just doesn't hold up man i think we're in agreement that creature beats dracula yeah. um oh yeah i don't know if it's better than the invisible man though yeah that one's pretty dang good <sighs> i don't know i think this is an impossible challenge <laughs> right. but i will say agree this movie whole especially for being what 65 years old something like that yeah, yeah. holds up math really really well um if you ask me the math i might die (laughs) i was told there'd be no math (laughs) (laughs) do you guys think we know more or less about the bottom of the ocean versus space oh what the fuck kind of jesus christ mark that is so like weird to ask and I'm, I'm pissed not at the question, but I'm just the fact that we still know so little about the bottom of the ocean in space. True. It drives me well, nuts. I'm saying, I want to know more about both so much. I say things like that because I think that there still could be some sort of fish monster down yeah. there. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if there could be a fish monster. We probably would have noticed that, but I do think there's a lot of stuff we don't know about the ocean. That's why we need to get on and make a sea quest. If there's but, a layer of like thick oxygen debris yeah. at the bottom of a trench that could house prehistoric sharks underneath All right, calm it? down, Meg. Oh, oh, right. This sounds like a great movie idea. What if oh, as you escape, somehow the huge shark also can escape through the hole that your tiny sub right. makes? And that pressure is not going to adjust anything. No. You're totally good. Flashbacks of last summer. Thanks, guys. No, there, there Jason is... Jason Statham's down there. Insane. There is insane stuff in our, our ocean depths that we do not know. Um, do I think there's a prehistoric... Like, do you think there's like monsters at that level? No, probably not. There's probably variations of animals that we have never seen before. And there's probably ecosystems that, that we can't fully even comprehend until we get to certain areas. But you're probably the composition right. yeah. I mean, of how re- water and pressure everything goes. Yeah. You're, we're not going to see something like that locked away in a little hidden place. Just realistically, because there's so much pressure, they're going to be small. They have to be small. Like, to be, and very, they, they wouldn't have like a, a humanoid body yeah, system. Sure. Like there's just something and, a lot of, there's a lot of fun to romanticize the unknown of the depths. Yes, you know I, I do. Mean? When I was watching this movie, I did wish like, man, I wish they would go back to this like premise of exploring an unknown part of the earth. But then I also thought, right, it's 2019. It'd be so hard to sell that to audiences now unless you like set it in the past but i like that concept of exploring the jungle exploring the amazon that like indiana jones-esque i don't know pulp. i think like to to call in a stupid fucking movie <laughs> like and not stupid but like a movie that's not like super like hailed but like arachnophobia had that like little pit Ooh, that no true. one had really ever like gone down where all the different bugs and stuff were located. Yeah. I think you can still do something like that. And I feel like that is a much better origin slash like location find for monsters than like it was created in a lab. Yeah, or, I'm so sick like, of that. Like, oh, it's a genetic yeah. mutation. It's like, that's fine and good and all. But like, I love the idea of like... Any bastions that could be untainted by humanity, right? Yeah. Things that we haven't ta- touched with or like messed the, with. Like the what could be in there? The whole know? like lost world concept. Right, yeah. I really dig that um but yeah i feel like there hasn't really been a solid film premise like that and like fuck forever because i think people want to put too much backstory on these locations like well how did we not know that it was like 60 miles south of san paulo you know (laughs) it's like well who the fuck cares man someone came across a hole fell in a ditch in the jungle and it was like an underground cavern yeah you know like it's easy to basically just keep it simple stupid kiss that shit yeah <laughs> so so everybody here believes a Loch Ness monster doesn't exist right oh no no yeah. one's still hanging their hat on they've that they've done too they've done way <laughs> too much like it's not the Atlantic Ocean like by now with like every satellite and echolocate like if there was anything we would have found it James Cameron would have found it by yeah. now yeah like it's probably the most well mapped piece of earth on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Except for Fresno. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So John, as you mentioned, um, the creature itself isn't more, I wouldn't even say he's like the main focus of the, uh, the conflict. No, I mean, he's more like the backdrop to almost a science versus bureaucrat standpoint. Yeah. Like in this movie, he is more traditional. Traditionally, a monster. I mean, if you ignore like the fact, oh yes, on an see. audio podcast, <laughs> yes. In a, in the fact, if you ignore the fact that we go stomping around in his in his home, he's a monster in the sense of like when a tiger kills someone, you're like, oh, that fucking sucks. You know, the tiger's just being a tiger, but somebody died. R.I.P. Harambe. We love him still. <laughs> yeah. You never be forgotten. Harambe. Yeah. In the second one, he is definitely not the villain. The villain is whoever captured him and fucking put him in Sea World. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie opens up which i and I, I haven't seen this movie in a long fucking time 
Um, I've seen Revenge of the Creature because I watched the Mystery Science Theater quite a bit, but like, so I'm familiar with that movie a lot more than the first one. Mm-hmm. But when this movie opens up and it's like the Big Bang and it's all like, in the beginning, God created. <laughs> and I was like, am I watching the Big Bang while they're trying to like push religion on this? And I was like, is this the first like real like moment of people like saying like, why can't it be God both? created the Big Bang? Like God yeah. made this scientific thing happen? Like, I was like, I was like, that's a really interesting representation. I don't know if they meant to do that, but I was like, wow, they just inadvertently like mushed the two together. But then I was like, I was like, oh, this is going to be a whole religious religion versus like science thing, isn't it? And then they kind of dropped that. Then ends up being like a science versus bureaucrat type thing. Right. Exactly. Um, Basically, all the opening is doing is setting up like there's still a prehistoric creatures that exist if they're left in their own environment. Uh, that in hasn't changed beginning. for billions of years yeah. or however long it took for the earth to form. Right. And he's one of these creatures that come back from the, they, they don't I forget what age they keep referencing. He's like, Oh, De- he's from Devo- the Devonian age or, Devonian yeah. or something like that. I was like, Does that but he's the thing? last of his kind. That's right, important. Exactly. Somehow he's, uh, I don't know how they could say that definitively also. Right. They didn't know he existed. Yeah, like, you know you just found a, you found a, like a, a skull hand back scratcher. And yeah. then you found <laughs> this dude. It's like, you can't definitively like, well, this is it. <laughs> And the movie kicks off, it's an excavation going on with an archaeologist, mm-hmm. which is just him and two other guys, really. And there's a old... Tomas to, to, to and um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but... Um, yeah, I didn't mark it down. They speak really good English for uh, natives. <laughs> One of the native guys looks like the um, Esqueleto from Nacho Libre. And I was like, I loved it. And I was all like, yeah. Nacho! But there's a fossilized flipper hand sticking straight out of a mountain <laughs> which is really <laughs> lucky when you do like archaeology it's really hard to find a bone hand sticking straight out of a rock that's completely intact it would never be that way it'd be sideways in the rock yeah you know? i don't know how it froze it like but also i guess it's important to note this movie was filmed in I was 3d say that. Yes. this movie was shot in 3d was it really yeah but then in they, the sequel then they aired it in 2d <laughs> like whoa yeah this came out during the like first three 3d golden age in the 50s where like oh, every wow. sci-fi movie was 3d when did since around happen god i don't know was that probably around this time because this is like when uh, television was displacing movie theaters Uh, and so it was a real threat yeah so like we got to come up with all this crazy shit you know like skeletons flying through a movie theater and 3d and all that so yeah i they did air it in 3d in some locations but the majority of people got it only in the 2d version revenge uh, revenge of the creature was also shot in 3d which painfully obvious at times where like they go to like a, a place where there's like a band playing and the trombonist is like pointing Dude. his thing right at the I'm camera. I'm so I was glad like, oh boy. like modern three movies have really moved away from that. Like, no, they haven't. Did you not see fucking Transformers? Like half those scenes were designed where you like, so. where you fucking like take the camera, the very first one, like where you take the camera through the body of the robots as they're fighting. It's like just to make it look cool. Mm. And it's like, fucking pan out. I want to see robots punching each Fair. other. I don't care about gears moving in front of my face in 3D. I watched Avengers uh, Endgame in 3D and they didn't do that once. Oh, I was that 3D? Yeah. Oh. I didn't see a I, see, I don't see 3D movies. I didn't see a single time where they like reached out and tried to broke the plane. It just added depth and I like that effect. If they just Rolls use it like to... just comes out at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> if they use it just to add depth, I think that works well. But, I'm very uh, disturbed now. Thank you, Garrett. <laughs> You're welcome. But that is why that fossil was magically um, not flat. That's not how this works. I was like, <laughs> it would have been great at Jurassic Park. They're like, we found a, we found a raptor and it's like half out of the ground. Like, rawr. <laughs> and I was like, I would love this. Uh, did you notice when they go to the jungle, though? And this is 
This is something I love about old movies is the sound effects. Yes. <laughs> yeah. the, the bird noise, the, ka-ka, ka-ka, <laughs> the same noise they use like 900 times in a single movie. Anytime you go there and it's used in every movie from that time. And every episode of the Looney Tunes too. Yes. Like it's all the same jungle noise, yes. no matter what part of the planet you're well, they on. They all had the one phonograph that they're just passing around <laughs> yeah. on another oh, jungle. Sounds. I love that bird noise. So fucking much. I heard it. I like my face like hurt from smiling. I was like, there it is. It's like when people like hear the will, Helm scream yeah. and I'm just like yeah, All absolutely right. but it's probably brand new back then right oh these are real creatures no one will know <laughs> this movie's full of like lots of pretty shots going down a river you know just like hey check out these trees listen to those noises well, a lot after of the, because this is a lot of the first people's first time to see this shit well after the big bang sequence they had yeah. like this flyover where you kind of flew into the like Amazon yeah. jungle and I was like this is a great shot for the time yeah think about it though back in 1950s no internet yeah. TV is very limited. So these are like maybe a lot of people haven't seen the Brazilian Amazon before yeah. or whatever. So I, I get it. Like, well, let's show off. We can take our time with this because this might be the first time these people are seeing this stuff. This movie's like an hour and 40 minutes long, I think. It was actually a little bit longer, like an hour and 74. So actually like an hour and 14 minutes. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's under an hour and a half. Yeah, it's, under it's an hour and 79 half. minutes long. 79 minutes long. Yeah, okay, so it's sorry. about an hour, and 20, an hour and 19 minutes. Which felt very long. But yeah. they were able to like do some of those like visual scenes to kind of pad it out. Right. Clearly padding it out. But man, it worked well, <laughs> though. So our lead archaeologist is like, I need to go get back up. I need more people on this excavation yeah. because we're going to dig up a whole fossilized thing. You, you know, know what I like about movies in this time period, this one and in Revenge and basically any kind of movie. You notice like scientists are also like rugged type people. They're not they, the stereotype of like pocket protector glasses nerds hasn't permeated through film yet. So I was like, oh, this is such a weird look. Like these people. Oh yeah, it's like Brock Johnson yeah. is scientist number four. Yeah, like, it's like strong okay. jawed like football players. Like, okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, the stereotype hadn't permeated Hollywood just no, yet, right? Yeah. Do you think there was nerds back in the face like, well, I say this is not accurate at all. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> like, Let me get my phonograph. Nerd, nerd yeah. lingers all like, like, well, I've never been so insulted. <laughs> so while he's while the discovery is happening, we get our first glimpse of the actual creature just feet away from our excavation, where his hand comes out of the water, presses firmly on the sand, and we get the loud, bombastic "Here's the creature" noise. Yeah. Which bah, bah. Oh my God! It's they played at least 120 times in the 122 minutes. Yes, of the film. <laughs> they play it. Every single time he's on screen, they play that sound. Um, I mean, I guess they're getting their money's worth. Yeah. And also in the second one where they played every Look, single we time. We bought a theme. We're going to use it, damn it. <laughs> we don't have to re-record it. Just go get the old reel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we cut over back to the States. And uh, we're introduced to our main characters who are, what are they? There's some sort of animal uh, scientists, right? They're studying they're fish, scientists. fish. Yeah. Which th they're off the coast of the area we're in. I'm sorry, not in the States. Yeah, they're, they're all doing their own thing in Brazil. Yeah, we ichthyologist. Ichthyologist, yes. He calls them yeah. ichthyologists. I was like, did he? I was like, I know he didn't just say entomologist. And he's like, oh no, ichthyologist. It's yeah. a $10 word. And one of my oldest memories of this film, and I'll, I'll remember it forever, 
is where our doctor, um, what's his name, David? Dr. Good and Plenty. (laughs) David Reed is scuba diving in the water while uh, Kay is on on the surface of this, uh, not a submissible, but a flotation-like type laboratory or something. And he's coming out of the water. <laughs> those those mobile floatable laboratories. <laughs> yeah. those, I lake, don't, those lake-based laboratories. I'm missing. I couldn't think of the word. I know. I know. Uh, so he's coming out of the water and our archaeologist comes up and he's like, hey, you know, what? You know, I'm here to see David. And he's like, hold on. He's coming out of the water. And he's like, well, why isn't he up yet? And she's like, he's got to wait for the pressure. He's got to repressurize because oh, yeah, he went down bends. too de- and down too deep. And that's where I learned that as a kid. I was like, oh, you can't just come straight out of the water. You get an air pocket in your head and you die. Yeah. So I that was the first time I learned about it too. Yeah. So I was like, movie. all right, that's where I learned that from. <laughs> so I was scared to do scuba diving ever since. I was like, huh. I'm gonna fuck it up and I'll die. I don't want to <laughs> go in the water. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't know what the numbers meant, and I asked what the numbers meant, and they were like, oh, that's so he knows how far to go, but he repressurizes and shit. And I was like, what? Yeah. It's it was a concept the, as a the kid. Bins like, were, and I was like, yeah. I learned all about that. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Hit solidifying my fear of deep ocean. There you exactly. Go. So a little bit of actual science for us in the film. Um, he comes out of the water and they greet each other and they say, what up dog? (laughs) (laughs) They high five and they embrace like predator. And then they're like, okay, you need some more people for your excavation because you're you and two other dudes ain't going to cut it. We got to go back to my boss though. His name is Mark and he's got all the money and he actually is looking for something like this to get his name on the map and make some cash. And then they cram all three of their fat asses in the <laughs> tiniest little boat ever. They are like squished in there like fucking two people bought a single plane ticket on Southwest Airlines. Yeah. So to this excavation, we've now added three other men and one woman. Right. But she's also a scientist, which has to be fancy for the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I think excavation, I'm thinking a team of Minimum 15. Yeah. Right? Times were leaner back then. (laughs) But he had all this money. But you're thinking... 15 2019 scientists, not 15 uh, jacked 50 scientists. Oh, you're right. Yeah, those each one of those scientists are worth two 2019 scientists. <laughs> <laughs> it's inflation. The dilution of scientists has really hit us hard yeah. this far out. Yes. We cut to one of my favorite things in film from old movies in the next scene. We cut to a table with a fucking artifact or a monster item, <laughs> and then people standing around that, perfectly shoulder to shoulder, discussing said thing and really moral like 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 deep thoughts of like but what does it mean to be human more and more we're learning the meaning and the value of marine research look look over here this lungfish the bridge between fish and the land animal how many thousands of ways nature tried to get life out of the sea and onto the land this one failed he hasn't changed in millions of years but here here we have a clue to an answer Someday spaceships will be traveling from Earth to other planets. Our human beings going to survive on those planets. The atmosphere will be different. The pressures will be different. By studying these and other species, we add to our knowledge of how life evolved, how it adapted itself to this world. With that knowledge, perhaps we can teach men to adapt themselves to some new world of the future. And it's like, I don't know. Perhaps we should go find more of these claws and find out. I like your style, sir. Let's do it. And I love guys yeah. standing around a fucking table being like, what is this? I don't know. Let's talk about this deep fucking thing. To think how far we've come, and yet we still don't understand so <laughs> yes. much of this world. Yeah. Sodium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great scene of that. 
Um, so then we are we're on aboard the Rita two. Yes. Is it the Rita two? Yes. Or is it the Rita one? I think it's the Rita one. That's one thing I, I wasn't sure, and I meant to go back and check because in Revenge of the Creature they're aboard Rita two, which makes sense if the Rita sinks. So uh, it's in the name of the boat. Yeah, it's in, just the Rita. And Captain Lou was it? Or uh, Captain AKA Lou? Popeye? <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite actor in the movie. <laughs> I love the captain of the boat taking them to where they're going to go do yeah. the excavation. He's just like. Having a good old time watching these white people funnel into his <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> forest. He's like, I'm the captain now. You guys do what you're going to do. Oh, you silly well, Americans. I also like to go back to the unexplored world part where it's like, oh, yeah, this river ends in a lagoon, the Black Lagoon, that nobody returns from. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, let's go there. That's well, what's well, the like, lady's name. They're like, we're just going to go on the outset. We're not going to go into the lagoon yeah. just yet. Uh, <laughs> K. K. K's like, oh, wow, look, there's alligators. He's like, there's alligators. There's birds, there's anteaters that have the strength of grizzly bears, and then Popeye, um, the, the captain walks up and goes, and don't forget our catfish. They're killers. They're like 40 <laughs> feet long. And it was like, what the fuck? And I made a note and said, no, there's not. No. <laughs> no, there is not, movie. You're just taking... <laughs> well, these, well, he's a fisherman, so, you know, fisherman stories. These are the kind of movies where you learn about, like, piranhas that'll instantly eat you straight to the bone. But in 1950, there was not 30-foot aardvarks. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> we, you weren't around. You Wait, can't did say. Did you go to the Amazon in the 50s? I'm sure that we would have one on display in some science history museum he, somewhere. Just, he was just trying to spook the white people, okay? It's oh, a very, that's what the game yeah, was? Spook a, the white it's people? It's a very common thing. And, uh, uh, we don't like to let you all know about John, it. John plays it with us every time. <laughs> hey, we're just funning on the white people for a minute. Hold yeah. on. So they come ashore and... Come here, um, Becky, if I got a story for you. <laughs> if we haven't set it up quite right, uh, David is our... Scientist who cares about the study and the earth. He's more of the environmentalist that yeah. wants to learn about it and not destroy it. Captain Planet, if you will. Yes, right. Captain. And he's built like Captain he Planet. Is. Mark is his boss, and Mark is the money man, the bureaucrat. He's the one that just wants to kill it and bring it back. Toxic sludge. He doesn't man. care. He yeah. just wants the money and the fame. And I think that's where the major conflict of the film is, is between these two characters. Yes. And we see that in the, the, the scene where they're standing around that table. He's all like, well, Mark, you've been looking for something like this. He's like, yes, this will finally put us on the map and get us all the funding we could ever need. So like his motivations are purely from the beginning money, monetary. And it's so interesting is this, that that same like, I guess conflict must go on for so long in the environmental movies that Jaws 3 can have the same thing. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, the guy will just want to immediately kill it. And it's like, no, modern yeah. environmental movies wouldn't, I think. Bullshit. They totally would. I mean, that's I how real that life is right now. Immediately kill a, like a rarity. I think that was rarity. the total mindset back then. Yes, you know, I think Anytime they go out on this expedition, we murdered a polar bear. Check this out. Yeah. We brought it back and it's dead. Isn't it amazing? I think like we've evolved some since then in the sense yeah. that. We have trophy hunting, which is. Right, but oh, it's frowned upon at least now. Back then, yes. everyone was like, well done. <laughs> Way to slaughter that one yeah. of a kind species. Let me sidle up right next to the dead thing and get a photo with yeah, it. Yeah, now people still do it, but they have to like hide it and only show it to their other fucking loser friends. Like, That's look funny. at me, I killed this elephant from seven miles away. I'm a badass. You so hear that, trophy up. hunters? Your pieces of shit. Oh, so you definitely. get outed on Twitter and everybody yeah. hates you after that. You know what a real trophy hunter would be? Kill that shit with your bare hands. I will respect you because it's if a fair you fight. Fucking, that's how I want to go out. I want to fight a tiger or a bear yeah. to death. And you know what? If I kill a tiger or a bear, you better believe I'm going to fucking mount that shit right. in my living room with my one eye <laughs> and stare at it and be like, I got you, you son of a bitch. But 
But you know what? That's a fair fight. Exactly. You're not killing it from so far away. It didn't even know you were there. Yes. I've been presented the argument that a lot of times these people are going there and they're killing off the diseased and dying. Bullshit. That's what they tell you. To a degree, there is population control stuff involved in some of these things. And there are places it's done in a way that it's it's not as like blatantly impactful, yeah. you know, like they are population, properly population controlling and stuff like that. They're only killing ones that aren't going to basically like hurt the, the lineage and stuff like that. But to be fair, nature has found a way of handling yeah. that shit for millions of years without us. Yeah. We don't need fucking Johnny numbnuts going and be like, <laughs> well, you know, I'm handling this. Now there's like huge Havelina like populations down in like South Texas and stuff right. like that that are problems, but there's ways to do it that don't involve your ass fucking flying in a chopper murdering pigs from a fucking like helicopter with a machine gun and then just leaving the corpses to fucking rot. Yeah. Right. Which if their argument is that if you kill off the disease, it won't infect others of the species. Leaving dead corpses lying around <laughs> will definitely cause what you claim to be uh, trying to fix. Pigs will fucking eat corpses. Like, don't fucking eat that shit. Right. So yeah. you're creating like, uh, so anyway. To see how far we've come, all oh. three of us agree on this. In 1954, uh, Captain Planet was the only one who thought this was weird. That's true. That's yeah. true. No, I, I can't stand trophy hunting in any form or fashion. So yeah. as soon as this was set up, I was like, I don't like Mark. Right. But Mark <laughs> is like the average guy of, like, I think he was meant to represent essentially the audience of like, yeah, let's fucking bang on this shit. Now, if you want to go to a trophy shop and shoot a trophy and then hang that trophy above your that fireplace, cool. like a bowling trophy yeah. or a world's best boss <laughs> trophy, then I support this. Just make sure that you do it safely and no one's in the of way. Course. But yes, you can hunt trophies. Humanely. If you want me to go hide a few like participation trophies in the woods and you want to go track them down and hunt them, we can work this out. But stop fucking shooting animals that don't need to be shot, bros. Absolutely. Now, back to the movie. Yes. Um, I want to say that... Here, I, you can have my soapbox. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Scoot that under the table. We'll bring it out later. I love that, like, while we're going down the river to get to their destination, there's scenes of, like, Mark comes out of it from the cab. He's like, hey, check this out. Harpoon gun. Pretty dope, isn't it? And he's like, what are you going to use it for? And he, like, just harpoons the ship. He's like, pretty cool, right? He harpoons the ship. I was like, what are you doing? You can put a hole in this shit. Proof that bros existed even in the 50s. (laughs) Captain should have been like, get the fuck off my boat, man. Rich ass American harpooning my my mast. The That's the harpooning deck. <laughs> yeah, and then you know we get a lot of the lines of like, "What are you gonna do with it, Mark?" You know, David's like or Daniel, 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 David, Daniel, David Lewis. Yeah, David, Doctor David yeah. Reed. David's like, "What are you gonna do with that?" He's like, "We're trying to bring it back alive." He's like, "Dead or alive? What does it matter?" Clearly, that man needs to womp, stay on the boat. <laughs> He's like, "Now I'm gonna get back to harpooning my own ship." <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the excavation, and um, we are told that like eight days passed, and they found nothing and they're about to wrap this up it's like we haven't found anything past the hand found anything yet not a thing sir what about you guys we ain't found shit <laughs> he said call him the desert <laughs> yes uh and then someone comes up with the ideas like why don't we go to the black lagoon maybe there's some more stuff in there and then there's like is that where the uh the the legend of the fish man like the captain yeah. brings it up right oh there's like nobody comes there. back from the black he's lagoon like, you crazy white people want to go let's go yeah I, I do respect that he's like all right let's get to moving instead of <laughs> doing that stereotype of like no my ship ain't gonna you go, can go in, in but i'm not gonna do yeah. it you know it's just like well all right black lagoon it is <laughs> <laughs> 
I would have. They should have been. Seems like triple my pay. You yeah, know, like something, something like that. No, he, I'm either sinking by Black Lagoon or I'm sinking by Harpoon through the <laughs> yeah. fucking hole. He was yeah. basically like, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> been waiting to bring some more white people to the kill. Yeah. Um, we. I do want to mention that the original uh, natives that were helping the archaeologists were killed before they showed up. So they yeah, you dead. see, we see right. a little clip where like um, Tomas and stuff like that are killed. Though I got to tell you how he kills them. Very vague 1950s style. He just seems to kind of just pick them up to death. Right. Pick them up and they're dead. A yeah. lot of like camera coming into the tent. Yeah. And then the guy looking shocked and screaming. So once we arrive at the Black Lagoon, uh, they start their underwater um, excavations or, you know, they're taking a look around underneath, right? Because they're looking for more fossilized <laughs> items. Yes. The creature has noticed them and has been following them since their camp out over at the previous uh, site where they found the hand the gray lagoon yeah <laughs> so they go underwater they're doing some photographs and things and is this where they think they saw the creature or what it, they found something that really piqued their interest and they went back in so everybody goes into the cabin to take a look while the pretty dr k or the assistant k decides go, she's going to go jump in the water and swim away from the boat for yeah, a minute they didn't really find any they collect rock samples to mm -hmm. see because they what they think happened is the rest of the skeleton got pushed down river oh okay so they go underwater and they're collecting samples to try and find skeleton pieces and so even though she's a scientist while all the men go do science work she's like <laughs> i need to go swim and uh, I would not have jumped in that water for anything. Oh, I know. This is well, not know like what's a in pool. There. Yeah. Diseases? It's you called know. the Black Lagoon. <laughs> I can't trust water that has been referenced as black. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't slow her down at all. She just dives in there. And then, I mean, an incredibly shot scene, I will say. There's a lot of good photography here where the creature's mirroring her swimming across the top. He's underneath, like, following her. And he's, like, like the back of the laser disc said, he's starting to fall for her seductiveness, quote, unquote. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. No. <laughs> She's a good looking lady. Yes. Um, creature, not so good looking, probably likes what he sees. I would imagine so, because he spends a long time just everyone. Everyone wants to punch up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, everyone wants to have a hotter boyfriend and girlfriend than themselves. Um, and in my case, it's not a hard thing. <laughs> start at the bottom. You can only go up, boys. Started from the bottom. Now we're <laughs> slightly above the bottom. Like an albino Shrek. You're looking at him. <laughs> So we get the scene where the the creature is trying to touch her, just gently caresses her foot. Yeah. And then the captain comes out. He's like, what are you? Oh, you're too far away. Un pull the anchor up. And they move closer and they pull her out. Yeah. And the creature goes on the boat. Yes. I think that's like the next scene, right? Is he... It's like overnight or something. He attacks them, essentially. Yeah. And he they maim, he maims one of the, the other doctors. Yeah. Which was... A uh, he like really fucks him up too, so he can't like move yeah. or whatever. Because then I remember later, right? He just sort of pops his head through the porthole. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of scenes of the porthole of him just walking by while like, yeah. like kind of looking in. And this poor doctor is just like frozen because he's all fucked up and he can't scream or do anything. And is he, he was the one in bandages, right? Yeah. He's just like on the on the bunk, like yeah. <laughs> I was pretty much the can, apparently. That's pretty terrifying, though. Yes. That like is like to be able to like, oh my god, we're all gonna get fucked up and not be able to like do or say anything. Right. Right. If cartoons have, and movies apparently have taught me anything, the entirety of 1950s medicine in, consisted of wrapping your whole body in gauze <laughs> and just hoping for the best. Hey, it worked in sleepaway camp. <laughs> yeah. Here, have some castor oil. Yeah, that's like all <laughs> they could do. And they decide at that point they're going to try to capture it. And, you know, the whole dynamic of kill it, not kill it is going back and forth between. Uh, I really David. wanted, I really wanted like little like 
angel and little devil versions of him that pop up on his shoulder <laughs> and be like, you should do it. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> Kill the creature. Who cares? But then they figure out a way to drop pellets of poison into the river so and completely up. stun everything within a certain vicinity. I mean, come on. I feel like you would Man need, versus nature, we're going to win. It, but it's so like... You would need hundreds of pounds of this stuff yes. to knock out the river. Truth. And you would just contaminate the entire ecosystem. Right. It's like this exact... It's like, I don't think they meant it this way, or maybe they did, and they're more forward thinking than we give them credit for. But this is exactly what humans do. Like, look at this pristine fucking environment. Time what? to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> Time to meddle. Yeah. We ain't meddled in this yet. So all these fish are popping up, paralyzed, um, probably <laughs> it's dead. A, it's a fight club moment. I just want to destroy something beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then eventually the creature does kind of bob up like 45 minutes later, right? Yeah, and they like, bring him aboard. And they lock him in a room, but they don't do it very successfully. Yeah, and he manages to break out. He captures almost it steals again. <laughs> in, in, in classic horror 50s style, he's there to, to kidnap the damsel. Right. Who's very distressed. <laughs> oh, big time. Uh, and then he brings her to like his labyrinth. He has like a cave. Yes, he's got a whole cave situation going on. Uh, Which I mean, why not? I love the grotto. That was a great idea. But then but they posit the idea that he can only stay out of water for minutes at a time. Yes. So I don't know if he'd exactly have his own cave. Yeah, Underwater yeah. cave with an air pocket. Yeah, I don't know why he would have that. But it was cool. It was cool. Because <laughs> well, you can't film underwater for that long, guys. Yeah. Well, I read in the original suit, they did not give the person any air. So he, he was like a professional diver and he oh, had to hold his breath. He had held, yeah, hold his breath for up to four minutes at a time. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And then in the second one, they were like, this is a terrible fucking idea. They had and an air third, tube, right? Right. And yeah. that's why sometimes bubbles would come out of the top of the creature's oh, head in I two and three. It's because awesome. they couldn't figure out how to not do that. And no CG to erase it at well, the time. Well, fucking kudos to the dudes in part one yeah. who like held their, or what's his name, who was the underwater guy. Dude, he that couldn't guy. breathe, and the person on land, apparently, you couldn't, you couldn't see. The eyes were just fake. So Riku, he was essentially uh, blind. Rico Browning. That suit's got to be heavy, too, to swim and know that yeah. you're like four minutes without air, and then like to get up to the top of the water and be yeah. like... It's a race against fucking time. It's really yeah. impressive. <laughs> 17 job. divers were hurt in the making of this film. <laughs> um, Very possibly. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, we get the uh, the two going underwater again, Mark and David. Date, right. And inside of this, and this, is, this was actually surprising to me because I forgot about this. David gets taken out. Yeah. And Mark becomes basically the hero of the film. Ooh, the guy versus. that wants to kill the monster is now basically ahead of the game in the right, film. Yeah. I was like, oh. oh shit. If that was shot today, it would have been reverse. Yeah. We did miss one thing for people being like, man, I would have just left. He, the creature like blocked or whatever. There's some kind of blockage that prevented them from immediately leaving the lagoon. Oh yeah. yeah they set up like an underwater, uh, like brackish dam, dam type yeah. thing that's preventing the boat <laughs> to go under. So they need to put a chain around it to break free and get out of there. Right. And I guess David dies. Right? Uh, they don't really cover it, so I assume so. I, I assumed he died. Yeah, and then Mark is harpooning the creature. Yeah. <laughs> Classic then, Mark. He and couldn't then, wait to harpoon that creature. And he he also, couldn't wait to harpoon anything. He was harpooning the boat. <laughs> well, he wanted to harpoon K the whole movie, <laughs> yeah, oh. but now with David out of the way. Hey-oh. Ooh, that boy. is something, and it comes up real big in the second. Like, the moment a female is on screen in a 50s movie, somebody is asking her out on a date. It takes, like, Three minutes for her to become like a love interest for everybody. And then we get two gorillas fighting over the mate. Yeah, they actually fist fight. 
<laughs> that was actually pretty common in a lot of those movies too. It's all like I saw it first, you yeah. maniac fisticuffs. Yeah, and they'll they'll talk about this right in front of the woman too. Oh like, yeah, like in number no, it's, they're beating their chests. Yeah, it's you know. so weird. Um, guys, I'm not interested in one of you. You shut your mouth. The men yeah. are fighting. <laughs> He's like, God damn, calm down, boys. Um, Mark fashions an underwater gas gun. Using the poison that they used to destroy the river earlier. That gun is poison. Well, think about it. He saw a new, beautiful place. <laughs> he had to harpoon the shit out of that, too. So he gasses the creature in it. You know what I haven't shot in a while? Yeah. <laughs> the monster or anything living. Uh, the creature is subdued, and he manages to get onto the underwater grotto. He brings her up, and they escape, and they fire rounds into the creature who seemingly floats off and dies. Yeah. And that's like the end of the movie. Yep. But it's a good movie. Oh, dude. One, honestly, like for, I said being so old, it holds up really well. It's a real Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually, again, like I said, when the dynamic between Mark and David was going down, I was like, okay, it's the, you know, the environment versus the business or the yeah. corporate, if you will. And just being so surprised that corporate won. Yeah. I was like, oh, that. That was unexpected, but thinking back to the way people used to think back then, it was like, no, that was probably oh, well, he pretty was standard. The bigger alpha male, he was the bigger chiseled alpha male, so there was no way he wasn't going to be like, of course I'm right and correct, you know, like. But theoretically, he lost too because he didn't get what he wanted, which was evidence of this creature. I don't know if they thought that way back. Then. <laughs> he got K. He did get K. That's true. I really think he that got was the, the big creature prize. one way or the other. How do you think she feels like basically just being passed around between fish monster and man to be like, you were an object for us to take. Right. And they like, they claim that she was a scientist, but she did no sciencing. She was a science of sexiness <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I mean, though I guess picking apart gender norms in a movie, 65 years old is uh, probably pretty easy. So oh, it's, it's, that's <laughs> but, like, that's like harpoon in a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I definitely would recommend this one. There's still a lot to be gained from it. Um, there's something nice and quaint about 50s movies that just, I don't know, there's like a warmth to it. Yeah. Yes and no. There's there's the ones that do it right that are enjoyable like this, and there's the ones that you're just like, why? How did, oh. how did film survive? Sure. Speaking of, the how Deadly about Mantis 1955, I assume, Revenge of the Creature. Oh, you want to roll straight into that for a little bit? <laughs> it's yeah, a good transition of... Okay. Why did this movie exist? I don't have a lot to say about this it, one because I don't like it. No, we could probably fast forward it very quick. <laughs> so they go back to the grotto. Surprise. Creature's Whole not new dead. new cast. Yeah. Except for the captain. Of course. The captain's ringing some new white folk into <laughs> the, the Amazon. <laughs> I, would love, I wish the third movie was just about him. Yeah. He's all oh, like, I love look, it. Davey, our business yeah. is going under. We got we to gotta diversify. <laughs> so he's got the Rita 2. They do capture the creature this time. Uh, and they <laughs> Seven years later. He's on the Rita Seven. He's not like, give me some, give me some fresh white people. It's a whole Candyman situation. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, a good sequel would be that Captain Lou has got a buddy in the water in a suit, <laughs> just bringing all the white people, shuffling them in. We do episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they bring them to some marine world. Well, it's not marine world. I think that was the literal place they shot wow. at, but it was called Ocean. Um, I took that note down. Ocean Harbor. Ocean Harbor. Think Sea World. It's yes. basically Sea World. And. They're like, all right, we're going to have to do some science. So they chain him to the bottom of this. Well, they chain him in, I uh, guess what they think is lagoon into the bottom of it. And their first attempt at science is teaching it the word no by fucking shocking okay, him yes. with a 
cattle prod. Yeah, they shocked the fuck out of the state <laughs> with a cattle prod. They trick him. They're like, here, he hasn't eaten in days. All right, so they bring some food into his little cage. They put it down. The moment he goes to eat it, they shock the shit out of him. It's the it's the mesh basket of fish, right? Yes. <laughs> I love the mesh basket of fish. <laughs> The movie is it showing... It also goes to show, like, 1950s science is like, how do we train these things? Shut the fuck out of yeah. it, you know? It's and just like, like, oh, now he's tame. It's like, no, now he's pissed. How, <laughs> how else can we communicate with this thing? I don't know. We tried electricity. Wait, they, they didn't think, like, okay, let's do positive reinforcement. Their yes. first thought is, we're going to have to shock this and teach it pain. Uh, See, John Hammond from Jurassic Park had it right. He was all like, I'm the first thing they yes. imprint on, so they yeah. have a good impression of me. Well, he imprints. He, of course, there's a new blonde... Uh, I'd also I will, I want to know the science behind cattle prods underwater. <laughs> that question. seems very hyper dangerous yeah. for anybody involved. Like it electrocute everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do want to set up to get to this point. This movie starts off with tons and tons of footage of floating around the river and showing us them bringing the creature in. Like we don't cut. We watch the full creature forever. coming off the boat in the harness, dropping him into a box, bringing him to ocean world, and it's just like. Okay, movie, move. The river river scene alone is so long. Like, so I'm familiar with this movie because, like I said, this is a a mystery science theater episode, Revenge of the Creature. And I watch this one a lot. And they have this like segment they do where they like do it like it's a big like telethon. It's like Mist Honey West, Mr. Don Parker. They get through like 45 names and they're still going down the river. And I remember (laughs) like as a kid going, like, my God, this is a long scene. Yeah. The, my biggest problem with this film is it felt like it had not a lot to say and time to fill. Yeah, it's three minutes longer than the original. It feels three hours longer. Yes, it does. And it's another case. So there's a new doctor, uh, a new lady scientist. And he, the doctor, the same day he meets this lady scientist, is like, hey, do you want to go for dinner? Well, like, no, there's no professionalism. There's another, he has a friend there, and it's all like, is that the new lady scientist? And he's like, yeah, she comes really highly qualified. And he's like, I'm going to go ask her out. Be right <laughs> yes. back, bro. And you're like, dude, slow down. She might be an asset to your organization. No, no professionalism. And then there's a scene where right after he, like the main scientist asked her out, another scientist runs up and is like, and what are you doing for dinner tonight? Well, I, uh... Uh, sorry, Joe. She just made a date with me, didn't you? Well, I... Well, yes. Oh, but you can join us, Joe, if you want to. No, thanks. I'll give the professor his chance. I don't like to take advantage of amateurs. See you later. Hey, professor Cleet and then Joe. Yeah, okay. Those <laughs> are the two now fighting over this woman <laughs> named Helen. And any of our listeners out there who do not understand the Me Too movement, go watch <laughs> 50s films and understand that shit still happens today and just get it. Yeah, like, I felt uncomfortable for her just watching it's this. It's so difficult to watch because you're like... I get we're still probably doing things right yeah. now that are completely like going to be like not OK in the future. But I like to imagine we're slowly. Well, except for in certain parts of America right now, due to our fucking <laughs> Mostly. political climate, we are making strides to not be as fucking shitty a people. But you watch this and you're like, my God, yeah. it was rampant. And then you think like bigger issues and you're just like. Humans are kind of fucking garbage. Right. And then there's like, there's like another scene where they're on the beach and he's like, oh, do you want to be a mom or do you want to be a scientist? She's like, I don't know what I want. He's like, I'm a man, so I don't have to make that choice. <laughs> yeah, I was I just... I, I love that scene. I was slack comedy jawed. purposes. Yeah. I was slack jawed. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> and it's just like... They unintentionally, to your point, captured how exhausting it must have been to be a woman. I mean, all at all for all time, but definitely oh, back then. 
right now. God, strides have been made. But the thing is, even now, like just being exposed to that kind of stuff, like you'll be in situations nowadays, you'll see that and you're like, like yeah. my God, did you just say that to her? It's like, my, come on, dude. All right. <laughs> so this movie has so little to offer us. We have more scenes of uh, Dolphin Show at yeah. the harbor. We and about, we which get, I loved. I'm sorry. I love the dolphin scenes. And we get to meet the blonde's dog. Like these are oh, plot points of the dude, film. The blonde's dog is named Charles. Which, <laughs> which sounds like nobody names their dog Charles. Could, like so later in the film, uh, no, it was Chris. Chris, the dog's yes, name was Chris. Chris, Chris. Like dog, the Chris. Chris Charles the dog. could be an okay dog yes, name, but Chris. I actually know Charles the dog. So yeah, so then you know the dog goes missing, and they keep being like, "Have you seen Chris?" And I forgot that was the name I of did the too. dog. I thought it was a character. Yeah. I was like, "Well, I don't know who are yeah. we talking about." Which one of y'all were Chris? Did she? Did Chris ask her out too? Yeah. yeah. So there's tons of scenes of them going into the tank and learning that the creature can learn at a pretty rapid rate. He yeah. learns about the shock ball at the end of the stick. If you electrocute something, it will learn fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's scenes about oh Helen, I don't want you to go underwater because we're dating now, and I'm I'm afraid for your safety. And she's yeah. like, I'm helping. And then the creature breaks free and look. Like, you have a man now. You don't need a career. Yeah. You're just like, good God. Remember the beach scene, Helen? Go warm the bed. We have babies to make later. Um, yes. So the creature breaks free and goes straight for the damsel again. Like, oh boy, here yeah, we which go is like again. Even less believable this time. But is it? But this one and the second one is it more about like I want to date her too? Is it another man basically forcing his will upon this woman? Yes. Or is it a like you know what? Fuck you, male scientist. I'm taking yo chick. Is it a power? play. No, I think he wants to date her. I think this is a real horror movie about how bad it was to be a woman in the 50s. Women just get passed around in (laughs) these films. And it's scary for white men to see these things come take our white women. Oh, there you go. Is that what is he doing here? So yeah, so he breaks out and yeah, he makes a beeline. Somehow he knows where she is. She's at some lobster restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, duh. Dude, the creature has sonar on her. Like, he knows where she's at at every time. I imagine he can smell her. (laughs) She's pinging on all radar. It took him no time to find her. I would love if we just edit in like a boop, 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 yeah, boop, He calls it my, my Helendar and... Uh, so the whole beach in, in the nationwide has been introduced to the creature. You come see it at Ocean Harbor. They're funneling in and out while they're doing their experiments, but now that it's on the loose, all of the Navy is involved in its capture. <laughs> I yeah. like the... Yeah, and so when they're telling the people to evacuate, they're like, go away from the ocean, because that's where we think he's going to go. <laughs> see, I loved... I, I really wish there would have been and I know I'm I'm wishful thinking here but I wish there would have been a scene where the Navy and the Army was all like well no he's technically on land at this point it's like well we're the Navy and he's an aquatic monster this is our jurisdiction quarreling over jurisdiction I would have really loved the jurisdiction argument between the two on who and he just walks right between the two like Looney Tunes-esque moment not now creature we're arguing well the movie did have a uh, a Bowie out in the middle of the water completely black except for those random spotlights that exist everywhere <laughs> yeah. to light up a scene where a police boat shows up. So yeah. it's not the Navy or the, <laughs> any of them. It's just, hey, the police have a boat. That's their jurisdiction. Um, and then uh, they went for dinner. They went to a club. Yeah. They, while they, all this shit's going down. Yes. And mind you, another scene where they do not cut away. You get a whole musical number. You pretty much see them order, get, eat, and get leftovers. And having like, a ball. That yes. was, they that, was that was common back then. Like, Remember yeah. Horror at Party Beach? We got the whole beach day. I you know, spent an entire day at the beach. I know, but they're, they're so concerned about capturing this creature. I don't think anybody's going out for drinks and dinner right they now. They are. Maybe they hadn't gotten the news. Yeah. 
<laughs> they yeah. were there when they got out of the tank. <laughs> yeah. well, sometimes you need to decompress after a hard day, Mark. They were like, look, the Navy, Army, police have this under control. We're going to go for dinner. But also, they don't have it under control because they raise a posse. Yeah, and that's true. <laughs> a posse. Everybody's posse out looking for back. it. Then. Yeah. But Gilman knows where dinner is because he got an RSVP and he shows up and yeah. ruins their Charles dinner. Gilman. It's Charles conven- Gilman. It's convenient they went to a uh, water-based restaurant. <laughs> if they had true. been a little bit inland, this whole movie would have been fucked. I also feel like you would not be super like that much into seafood if all, everything you did was deal with fish That's and stuff true. like all the time. Absolutely, yeah. man. You're going to the steakhouse. Yeah, imagine you're at work all day just playing with your dolphins or whatever. And you're like, you know what I could go for? <laughs> I could go for some of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets kidnapped by the monster, the creature. Yeah, it takes no time. And now they're all talking about trying to find her again. And they go out to... She's on the beach and the creature comically throws uh, someone on the beach into a palm tree. Yeah. He's clearly on wire. Yeah. Uh, smack stabbed in the tree. And this movie all of a sudden gives him super strength. Yes. So that's what I'm getting at. Like he, I think he, he throws had... a car aside. Yeah. He, he picks kinda, up a car. Well, he flips it over. But that's still pretty yeah. superhuman. I think he had super strength kind of in the first one, though, because that's how the only way he could have possibly killed anybody in the first one yeah. is through some kind of super bear hug. Yeah, I True. think he's, I think he's always had that. I think there's like the the underwater electroshock just really made him tap yeah. into the fucking adrenaline. I guess if you assume he lives underwater, everything is harder to do. So when he's Ooh, on he's land, got the muscles, yeah. yeah. All right, I just wanted to bring that up because it was brand new to the film. Yeah, he's tossing cars aside. He definitely much. amps up his super strength. Uh, yes, when he's flipping cars and just flinging humans like they're rag dolls. So our our professor had at some point taught it the word stop. Um, no, that's what he's, yeah, he, yeah that's why that's he's getting he's electrocuted. Doing, yeah, they're, and they're yelling, stop. sound doesn't work like this underwater, by the way. Yeah, he would have heard, no. <laughs> but we're hearing it clear as day is stop, and they're talking to each other in these Aqualung helmets. Yes. It's like, no. <laughs> it's a big assumption that he can even hear. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we don't even know la- that. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, they find the creature with um, Helen. And he's just yelling stop at him through a megaphone. Yeah, he's like trying to bring her into the ocean. I don't know what his plan is because she can't breathe underwater. <laughs> he would have accidentally killed her very says, quickly. John, we don't want to get into this part of it, but trust me, he don't need her to be alive for what's about Fair to go enough. down. Just be with a corpse down under in the ocean. This is why it's considered a horror movie. But also, he's going into the water. I assumed he was a freshwater being. He's going into the salt water. I think the Amazon has a mix. No, if it's a river, it should be freshwater. Yeah. yeah. Don't think they did the math on that one. Well, yeah. Oh Maybe boy. he's adaptable. Perhaps. It's true. Again, yeah. it's a movie. We can write it that way. Do you way. think but I Aquaman just can control out. the creature from Black Lagoon? Definitely. Do you think he's more fish than man or more man than fish? They can only really speak, but maybe their uh, accents aren't quite the same. Don't fish basically have sex by just like fertilizing eggs that are out there? They don't actually fuck. Right. Yeah. They like shoot. The woman just drops so eggs. What was his, just drops what was his plan? I don't think he had a plan. <laughs> you don't think he thought this one through? No. Uh, Steal the white woman. He That's was like, he was like, I want, was. I want that sweet blonde action. Yeah. Anyway, they shoot him a bunch. He goes underwater. Yeah. Well, they're like, well, first he's <laughs> wait, like, wait, wait, to sell the shit. He's like, don't shoot him, and that lasts for like three seconds. So it's like, fucking shoot him, and uh, and then they kill him. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think this one's worth watching. No, unless you're watching nothing. it with Rift well, Tracks. I'm sorry, lose Mystery the Science whole, Theater. Yeah, the Mystery Science Theater one is great, but like you also lose the whole he can't be out of water for too long either, because like at the end of the second one, he's just walking around out to like just yeah. for hours. You know, it's just like, huh? 
Doesn't slow down. It doesn't slow him down at all. Yeah, they're in even the, Namor from the fucking uh, like the Marvel comics. After a while, using his superpowers, he has to go back underwater to recharge. Yeah, and this one, it didn't seem like that at all. No. no. In Creature Walks Among Us, the third movie, he grows lungs. He well, wouldn't he have had lungs? Fish have lungs. Well, he was using gills the whole time. Oh, he so grows he, like he sheds. He yeah. shields. He sheds his gills, and then he has some sort of lung structure. Ah. I don't Ooh, that should be the name of his that. memoir. I <laughs> shed my gills. Uh, <laughs> Gillless Gill. <laughs> By Richard Gilman. God. Gilman, what a terrible name, too. Is that his really name is in the third that's, one? No, that's what they call him in the second one. Gilman. Gilman, yeah. Gilman. 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 The third one, is, is it Gilman? Gilman, yeah. Uh, Gilman. Is Pierre Gilman. That's Gilman it. walks among us and does your taxes, too. <laughs> I guess that was in the atmosphere back then. It's the only way they knew how to name Come things. Come on down to Gilman's Aquatic Fish. We've got exotic fish tanks. Yeah. We've got... <laughs> We've got your Spider-Man, your Batman, your Superman, your Gilman. <laughs> We've committed all sorts of crimes against nature. Come on down. <laughs> Hi, my name is Uncle Gilbert, God. and this is my fish aquarium. Come on down on Sunday. You want a different type of man? We got you. <laughs> I like the company so much, I bought I it. I bought it. <laughs> Due to a shipping error. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to Crazy Gilbert. We're going to beat the hell out of this tuna if you don't get down here and buy this tank. <sighs> I'm currently overstocked in sea monkeys. <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? We're, we're pitching a reboot. Yeah. Our creature. <laughs> creature uh, four. He runs an aquarium. And <laughs> Maury's wigs. <laughs> so speaking of remakes and reboots. Wait, does he have hair in the third one? Or is he a bald? No, no he's, he's just a, he's his face looks dumber and lamer, okay. and he's got a big fat suit. They put like a fucking on. Trump style toupee on <laughs> him. Oh, <laughs> he's kind of like the creatures from They Live, you know, with those blonde wigs <laughs> yeah. on top. Um, so speaking of remakes, reboots, um, this one has been in a p- perpetual state of being reshot since 1982. Um, John Landis wanted Jack Arnold to make another movie while he was still around, but he wanted to do it in 3D. And guess what else was in 3D at the time? And Universal didn't want it to uh, conflict. Jaws? Water. Jaws 3D. Oh. So they canned the project back then. 92, John Carpenter was in talks to do it at one point. Universal offered it to Peter Jackson, like in 95, but he went on to do King Kong instead later on. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad he did. Um, Ivan Reitman was even, from Ghostbusters, was supposed to do one around the time The Mummy came out with Brendan Fraser. What a great movie that was. <laughs> yeah, so like I the said. Brendan Fraser Mummy. I really love that movie. That really? movie's incredible. A lot of people have a love for that franchise. It's, <sighs> no, I mean, I don't know. Two, three, seven, trash. Scorpion the, King, baby. Yes. First one in 1999, The Mummy. An amazingly fun pulp film. It really captures that, I think, 30s vibe anyway. You know what? I've never been a huge fan of the whole, like, you know, like, Indiana Jones adventurer pulp Ah, vibe thing. So, like, with Indiana Jones, I'm okay with it because he's an intriguing character enough and the story's usually good, except for Temple of Doom. (laughs) Temple of Doom. Um, But, like... Yeah, I just never really got into it. So like the mummy and like Treasure Island and all these things. I was like, I'm like, eh. I like, love that whole concept, man. That's cool. I'm glad yeah. they got that stuff for you. But I'm just, I'm almost just like it. That's one of those things. Like, like with military people that I'm supposed to like relate to. I'm just like, I'll oh, never yeah, be I'm over to... military. I'll put you there. Well, Guillermo del Toro was also set to remake this at one point too, but that got delayed and so forth. And then he went and made Shape of the Water. Mm. And with you guys talking about the mummy, they redid the mummy with Tom Cruise and that port that was supposed to be the start of their cinematic yeah. monster universe, the dark universe, which creature was going to be a part of. Yeah. And that has since fell on apart, fallen apart. So I don't understand why universal looked at the two sort of competing franchises. They're like, I looked 
Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC's Zack Snyder verse. Well, was let's like, be fair. Marvel and then anybody else who's fucking it up. Right. But then they're like, you know what? Dark and gritty seems to be the way. And it's like, no, these should be fun movies. No, I'm going to disagree with you. I feel like if you're going to do the monster movies, they need to be scary, dark Depends movies. on which one. The Mummy was always more of a fun pulp type that of character. That needed to be I think they could have done it in a fun kind of pulp way and then had to get really fucking dark. Sure, he the could be The mummy's scary. never scary. The mummy's never <laughs> scary. Until, True. like, and, like, I was glad they were like, oh, we're going to make it scary. I was like, finally, I want a monster mm. to be scary. But, of course, they did what they chose yeah. to do, which, oh, God, I don't even want to get into that fucking hot I never garbage. saw it, and I don't really care to, but from my understanding, like, the mummy was supposed to be an Indiana Jones-style type adventure movie. Uh, they should have gone with Tom Cruise because they couldn't control him. And I, I think he had a lot of creative, once again, air quotes, creative impact that m- took it way off of fucking where they planned Are anyway. You, you, I sh- really? Or I don't know. heard. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. All I know is there's a lot of choices in that movie. I was just like, what the fuck were you even possibly thinking? And the thing is, I think people get stuck in this whole, like, it's got to be bigger. It's got to be bigger. Yeah. It's got to be like, it's got to be splashier. And the thing is, like, some of the best, like, let's use comics as an example. Some of the best comic adaptations do not have crazy in-game level fight scenes and shit like that. They are independent, small budget things that end up becoming like these really tight, just like dark, creepy, awesome, fun, I badass agree. stories. And that's just the way it's supposed to be. You don't always have to go fucking go big or go home. Right, you gotta be unique. It would have been cool if they said it in the 30s and 40s, right? Do something different is basically it. The world is filled now with fucking modern... Well, they wanted it. It's, it's easier to do things like, modern because you don't have to do as much set, cost, things like that. Yeah. I'm okay but, with that, but you know what you could have done? You could have like, you could have really like not the, the mummy had powers that should not have even been possible. <laughs> like the mummy should have been like the catalyst to awaken the other monsters right, or something like what the mummy does like is what unlocks the, the curse that allows these monsters to come back. Anyway, we could yes. dig into that. But like regardless, they stumbled right out the gate, shot themselves in the foot and dissolved the whole thing. Good. So who knows when we're going to get another creature Honestly, movie. I hope never. I was, nope. I was the Benicio yeah. Del Toro part of that Wolf. universe? The Wolfman? I think it was supposed to be. Okay. Because yeah. that actually was not that bad. It I wasn't great, that one. but it wasn't that bad. But I have no confidence in us being able to pull out a good creature from the Black Lagoon remake. I got no confidence you'd be able to pull out either, John. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Oh, uh, I would recommend this one. Don't watch the sequels. I think it's a great representation of the classic Universal era. It's a good one. Put it on your list to see if you haven't I'd seen say it it's somehow. It's a good movie. I don't yes. even think. It, I mean, it's, it's a great representation. But I feel like this, the the creature from the Black Lagoon, just holds up as a solid film. Yeah, if you can get over the air horn theme song played 120 oh, times. Yeah, that part is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if it's like rap horn. <laughs> God, that's the remake. That's what's yeah. coming. Creature from the hood. Right. Creature from yeah. the hood. Creature, Creature from, from the, the black lagoon goes to space. <laughs> <laughs> At least we never got there. Uh, well, anything else to say about Creature from the Black Lagoon? No, go watch it. Uh, treat women with respect, people. Yeah. Please. If anything can be we've learned come, from We've this. come that far. At least don't act like they're property, for God's sakes. Watch this movie as an example of what not to, yeah, how to not treat go. women. Use it as an educational <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.